Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Lucy Mokes of Lulu Bell Tents. After growing an events business for five years, the events of 2020 provided Lucy with the necessity and the opportunity of pivoting and starting up the shop venture she'd been thinking about doing for two years. Today we talk about how that experience has been emotionally and practically and talking about how to think about adding new things to what you do and working out how to talk to new customers. Let's dive in. Hi Lucy. Hello Kate, how are you? I'm good, how are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thank you. Good. Before we kind of crack on to all the things that we're going to talk about, it would be great if you could share your like what you do and your kind of journey to getting there because I know the journey is going to be very important <laughs> to what we're talking about today. Yes. Okay. So I have a pop-up glamping company. So I'm the owner of a company called Lulu Bells. And now um, we've sort of added a, a shop to that this year as well. So I um, I started the business in 2014. And yeah, it was kind of born on a Californian road trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I took a sabbatical from my, um, my full-time job at the time with my now husband then boyfriend and we yeah we did a three four month trip around north america and then down into south well central and south america um and on the way we sort of stayed in some really quirky and interesting places and i guess i kind of had a bit of a a mindset change during that trip and just loved kind of some of the experiences that we had and really wanted to kind of capture that and and somehow sort of change direction in what I was doing at the time so yeah I sort of returned from this trip and um and set about kind of um making making a change um at the time I was working in quite a fast-paced world in advertising in Bristol for BBC magazines and it was um an amazing job I met some brilliant people but it was really full-on and it's it was a graft a really really Mm. hard hard job so yeah so I sort of then I'm trying to think back but then I kind of I think I just started kind of piecing together how it would be great if I could sort of have this pop-up glamping and at the time I think glamping it was sort of people were doing glamping it was um, definitely happening in the UK but maybe not quite as as popular as it is now I think it's pretty like standard now for people to go and stay in um, you know, bell tent or a yurt. Um, but at the time, it was less so. Um, and I didn't have any land. Um, so I came <laughs> up with the idea of um, offering pop-up glamping for um, events and weddings. And there were people who were sort of doing that at the time, but again, probably far fewer companies. And a lot of the companies that were around were quite big and they sort of like catered for Glastonbury Festival and lots of the big festivals, but less of the small businesses that dealt with kind of much smaller scale um, events. But at this point, I probably sort of didn't have, I didn't quite know how it was all going to come together. And um, yeah, and sort of just slowly worked on building, building something. And I, in, and in truth, it was kind of very baby steps. I sort of built a website. My mum gave me a thousand pounds and I bought three tents and that was kind of how it started. Mm. And then over the years, I just, um, yeah, I just kind of, spent it became sort of a passion project I would be sort of working on it in the evenings weekends and then gradually um we had some bookings to be friends and families um and we got married and used the tents at our own wedding so I think it was kind of very slow this is sort of 2015 um and with it being seasonal obviously it's kind of only higher only takes place in the summer so yeah so I spent the whole of um that sort of year kind of building 
kind of doing everything, mm-hmm. stretching myself way too much because I was. Had you quit your job jobs. at this? Oh no, no, right? Yeah, so I was working full time. I was doing events on the weekend, and I would sort of say yes to every event. So it was Blimey. kind of like children's birthday parties. Um, but as I sort of. Um, all the money that I had made from any events, I then reinvested back into the business, bought more tents, more of the furnishings. It was quite a high startup cost because there's a lot of mm. things that you need to create these like beautiful spaces and for people to have these, you know, like magic moments in the tents. I felt like I needed to, um, you know, set myself apart in terms of how we we offered that service. So yeah, so over and then I think over the last sort of five years. It's gradually, well, the first two years, I would say it sort of grew quite quickly in the sense that we sort of just suddenly got a lot more kind of bigger bookings and I could invest more in tents. And then I did leave my full time job, but I still actually took a part time job because the tents are so seasonal. Mm -hmm. I worked part time for a different magazine, still working in um, advertising, but it was a much... um, it was an independent magazine called Serial and they kind of publish twice a year. So I was able to kind of work in a much kind of slower and steadier pace doing that work. Mm-hmm. And then also, and because their approach is completely different from working in kind of advertising for a monthly magazine. So, so yeah, so I was working for them and then growing the tent business. Um, and then, yeah, I think I left Serial in probably 2018 and that's when I sort of focused full time on glamping um, and running the business and I sort of like could use the business to come kind of completely yeah sort of finance myself um, and spend much more time on it but at that point it was kind of at the pace that I was the summers were crazy so Mm -hmm. it was sort of like the summer would be back-to-back events and the logistics of um, kind of having a team of people um, who would be helping me build, um, you know, for uh, even still, we probably had around 35 tents at that point. So it's not kind of, you know, we're not doing Glastonbury, but we are sort of, we were hosting the glamping areas at quite small sort of, um, you know, festivals, little vintage festivals and um, setting up accommodation for people the sort of gatherings you know sort of retreats where you might have a group of people coming together or for again for weddings weddings was really popular where people um wanted to get married in a field and have kind of that kind of you know festival Mm. or rural rustic wedding and you know if you're quite rural then it means there are you know aren't many accommodation options close by so and I think people just like the idea of having the tents. They look great. They're fun. And, you know, you can extend the party over a weekend. And I guess it depends how much you like sort of being out in nature and camping. But um, <laughs> I think it's, it's kind of nice to have everyone together and just, um, you know, really mark, you know, birthday or, you know, big party. So, so, yeah, so that's kind of the transition in terms of with the glamping. About two years ago, I had realized that I didn't want to, the the business had got to a point where logistically, I didn't want to grow it any further because we, you know, we have a huge storage unit. I have a really lovely team and I didn't really want to have to kind of manage more people. and, Mm -hmm. And I think that with our kind of society and culture there's very much a sort of more 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 kind of approach and I guess I sort of felt like people's expectations of the business was always to have more tents be bigger have another van have a bigger team do more events and actually that wasn't really the vision that I had for it because it took the joy out of yeah. doing the work <laughs> um mm. and actually the part of it that I loved is like sort of being really closely involved with the, the people that are hosting the event being able to make each tent look really beautiful and um you know have really good quality um you know things that we furnish the tents with all of those things mattered to me and if you kind of scale up it becomes yeah. really hard to do that I'm sure you kind of you know in terms of kind of scaling up so yeah so I that wasn't really the vision I had and then I had kind of been quite a few of our glampers had asked before about kind of some of the furnishings that we had in the tent and I sort of had this idea of possibly um bringing a shop into 
the business. Um, and actually, I thought that'd be a really nice way to kind of grow it, but do something different because we are quite niche in glamping. Yeah. <laughs> um, glamping higher. And I felt like I would love to have um, a different sort of wing to it. And I guess our ethos was always to create like lovely magical spaces and I thought well we could have a, a an element to what we do which would be sort of you know people that come and stay with us they might want to you know they might want to buy a blanket or you know that was the kind mm -hmm. of initial idea and then 2020 happened <laughs> <laughs> and obviously this year has been really really tough for people within the events industry so it's been I mean actually that's it's been really tough for everyone so um I'm very conscious of the fact that I think we've all um experienced a lot of hardship this year loads for lots of different reasons but kind of speaking from kind of the, the sector or the industry that I sort of have been working in for the last five years um you know it's a broad spectrum of people that kind of sit within that be musicians um you know lighting all these people that kind of make events happen um yeah so it's it's been kind of a tough one and when march happened and we went into lockdown the first lockdown i yeah i sort of lost i think maybe about 30 grand or something oh not that that was in profit at all mm. but in terms of business kind of went overnight so it was a really kind of whoa okay it was a bit of a tough time to adjust to the what was happening um in terms of you know the financial insecurity of what that brought but I sort of you know at that point I was still kind of optimistic that maybe events might happen in the summer and um, <laughs> as that kind of unfolded I obviously realized that was not going to happen um yeah so so yeah so then that kind of brings me around to sort of kind of how I've I guess pivoted the business a little bit this year because when the the when COVID hit I guess I kind of you know I, I sort of had to really think about how I was going to adapt this you know the business that we have to make sure that it could survive to be honest mm -hmm. because you know it's yeah I mean it was an adjustment mm -hmm. <laughs> um so to pivot the services, I um, I started um, a garden glamping kind of campaign, I guess, over the summer where we offered um, a free experience um, at home garden glamping experience to any anyone that was kind of that really needed it, I guess. So it was it was a social media campaign where we sort of um, offered up our services for free um, to go and set up a tent in someone's garden, perhaps someone who's been shielding or um, somebody who had been, um, you know, who just maybe an NHS worker. And this wasn't kind of during the sort of March to mm -hmm. June period. This was from sort of July to August. So when things kind of opened up again and people were free to, to kind of move, um, that's at the point where we offered this kind of um, service for the summer which is great. And so we offered the free glamping experiences, but then that also um, people were also able to book us to come to their house and set up like lovely little glamping experiences for their families at home, which I love doing. And I think it really did make a difference because where a lot of people weren't going on holiday or mm. where they'd been indoors with their, you know, kids for three or four months. And I have to say the majority of the people that ended up sort of booking that service were people who maybe couldn't afford to go on holiday in the UK or because of health implications really couldn't um, risk sort of being away from the home so it was almost sort of like holidaying at home in the garden mm. and I was surprised because so many families like hired the tents for a week say and they fully committed you know come Aww. rain or shine flowers <laughs> in the garden with all their kids it was amazing um so it was so so nice and it was kind of nice to be able to do something with what we had because otherwise they'd just be sitting in the storage unit yeah. which would have been such a shame and you know it provided a little bit of income it wasn't sort of you know it didn't necessarily cover it definitely didn't cover what we lost but it was something to kind of give back slightly mm. and also um 
keep me somewhat busy yeah <laughs> and sometimes with that kind of thing it's what it represents as well as terms of like yeah. I've not the interest is still there because when you're not booking even though it is because of the pandemic it still kind of creeps in of like mm, yeah, like, totally. do people still like this <laughs> yeah and it was kind of and it also gave me a bit of a purpose I think and actually having lost kind of um because I think the other thing is when the pandemic hit for, for me personally it was you know work is part of you know my drive and I sort of I I have a small um toddler and so I'm a mum but you know creating these tent experiences and collaborating with people and hosting these events are something that I really love to do so I did feel kind of slightly adrift mm. um by not having having that kind of focus so yes yeah, so it was really lovely to be able to do that and then also to the backdrop of all of this I had been thinking a lot about kind of creating the the shop. And I actually, I think again, over the last couple of years, definitely probably more so this year, but in the last couple of years, I've kind of felt that like lots of people that I've been sort of, I guess, slightly dissatisfied with kind of the way the world works <laughs> and, and perhaps sort of um, there's been a slight mu- a, a sort of a shift in kind of consciousness, I guess, about kind of how we consume by, you know, the kind of more, more, more um, attitudes. And yeah. And so when I was thinking about creating the shop, I kind of felt that I wanted to create something that was, you know, mindful, that was collaborating with good people that have really good values that live and breathe what they do um so finding kind of um you know interesting stories and makers um and to I think this year as well it was kind of as much as we can all join together and um support one another is I don't know is such a such a great you know great thing to do I think when Mm. we've kind of you know and being self-employed you're often sort of working in your own little silo and it's nice to join up with others and kind of maybe work on something together so yeah so there was kind of different motivations behind the shop so I always knew that I kind of wanted to create this collection but I think the the collection and the kind of feeling behind it shifted this Mm -hmm. year so uh, because you sort of mentioned that the idea for the shop had come up beforehand but had you just not followed through on it and this year provided the opportunity to do that I think so yeah I mean the shop idea had come up before but in truth I was probably just too too busy Mm -hmm. to kind of make it happen in terms of focusing on you know sort of the with the hours that I had to work per week um I was kind of kept busy by sort of responding and dealing with all of the um events that we were preparing and planning for the following year so I think that there was definitely a moment where I sort of thought okay well I I'm not going to be doing all of the this summer's going to look very different I won't be sort of out on the road I'm going to be at home so how can I sort of use this time to create something else? So, yeah, so there was definitely kind of, it, it, it has given me the sort of time which I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. But in saying that, I had also, before the pandemic, I had just a really gorgeous, lovely lady who had been working with us the last couple of years to help sort of set up the tents. I just had her sort of come on part-time to work a few hours a week to help me with some admin to free me up to start doing some more of these kind of projects so maybe it would have happened anyway who knows (laughs) if COVID hadn't happened we I would still be here and this would have still kind of um been created this year but it just may have you know all looked very different so yeah so that was the kind of um the shift and over the last six months Mm -hmm. um and I think in terms of kind of the actual making, I guess the kind of making it happen side of it, I think was very much just small steps and kind of there are a few things that I've sort of started doing this year, which I do think has been really helpful to making the change in terms of like my my approach and how I work. So kind of, I think at the start of, 2020 I 
began to sort of I was always journaling before but I began to sort of really journal this year (laughs) I think probably like lots of people it's just in a really good way of kind of working through stuff and I have to say that in terms of kind of like making the step from from being a pop-up glamping company to trying adding the shop to to this I think because my confidence was knocked this year with everything that had happened in the pandemic and I do think that through kind of the practices of sort of like daily journaling connecting a little bit more to like my own intuition I think has helped make it happen (laughs) does Mm. that make sense yeah yeah no it definitely (laughs) does so I want to draw it back a little bit to (laughs) um some of the because I think there's so much to say still around the bringing the shop to life out on a timeline that perhaps was put upon you rather than something that had been intricately planned out and how that kind of how you're finding that balance with because what was interesting to me is that when we were first emailing about this you kind of spoke about it as two businesses so do you see the shop Mm -hmm. and the glamping as two businesses or one of, of the same and and how is that balance happening okay I think I do see them as the same I think I'm still sort of trying to define it all in truth I think that actually there are lots of, you know, what I'm trying to create with the shop. There are other shops that are, have this approach and, and that are doing amazing things. And I think that I feel that sort of having the the shop and the glamping business, business together, I think is actually what makes this kind of mm. an interesting and unique story. And that is something a little bit different. Um and I hope that I'm not entirely sure sort of what the what the the future will be, but I think that having them um sort of working alongside each other feels the right path. I don't know what do you think <laughs> as no, an outsider looking in i I agree, and I think that okay. it, um it's very easy when we kind of start a new string to our bow to kind of want to separate it all out because it feels like that's the way that most makes sense and that if we have too many things going on people will be confused or anything like or will be confused but actually having things all together makes more sense because it's like if you think of us like a department store like John Lewis if it was actually just like John Lewis had all different shops for all the different things they sell that would be much more confusing than you just go to John Lewis and buy some stuff (laughs) absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and as you say it's that the especially with things like online shops where there are lots of little independent online shops which is awesome but the differentiation is key really because you'd certainly see a lot of people who kind of have the same suppliers and they can kind of start to blend into into one a lot of the time so and having really with shops like this where you can't compete on price or anything like that what you're what's going to make you stand apart is the story and that's the thing that's going to make somebody buy from one shop rather than the other because the story really appeals to them of one. And so I think that's something that people try to kind of shy away from a little bit and think, well, I have to set it up as this whole yes. thing. Whereas yes. actually having that kind of heritage can be really valuable. Oh, that's really interesting to hear because I think, yeah, I think the kind of, um, yeah, my initial sort of, initially I thought do I set up a new Instagram do I create something completely Mm. separate but I'm I haven't done that and I have kept everything together and I hoped that it wasn't too confusing to people and I'm still not 100% sure if people totally get it Um, why do you think you're not sure about that maybe it's just me I I think yeah I guess I guess maybe I sort of I'm worried that I don't always communicate the story clearly or um that people might land on the website and think sort of um and not quite sort of put two and two together um but I don't know if that's just because you know we're sort of I'm eight weeks into having sort of launched the shop so it's still really early days and I'm sure there probably are better ways that I can kind of 
bring it all together. But at the moment, I'm just sort of trying to explain the, the, the ethos behind what we do with the tents and what we have in the shop. It's kind of we are about creating these kind of cozy, comfortable, magical spaces and be that at an event where we would turn up and create that with our services or be that via um, the kind of products that we have within the shop that sort of, you know, facilitate that mm. and also, you know, champion lots of the values that we have as a business about sort of, um, you know, working with makers and um, kind of thinking quite consciously about the decisions that we make in our lives um, and, you know, being fair and all of those mm. values that I think are really important in how Lulabells is run. I hope that that kind of comes across both and that, that perhaps the people that will connect with us will also have those values. So be that coming to stay with us in the tents or be that looking to, you know, buy something with us from the shop, mm. that that's the kind of common ground. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's exactly the kind of, an example of why I talk about starting with the why and then letting mm -hmm. that dictate the how and the what because yeah you could have an events business and a shop that are vastly different because they're mm -hmm. not coming from the same kind of centralized place of values whereas actually you've yeah. gone here are the values and here are the ways in which I enact those values in the world. And really that makes it make sense quite naturally. And really you don't have to kind of try and fit something together or cobble it together. It's just a signposting issue really with mm. on a website, just making sure that you are clear about the journey you want people to take through, through a website, but also sort of from an Instagram through to a blog through to the, the web or you know wherever okay. they're kind of trickling through it's yes, just kind I of the signposting is really all people need <laughs> okay I'm signposting this is what I need to work on <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> no that's really really useful and I, I'm you know it's nice to hear that that makes sense to you because sometimes I think as business owners being self-employed you're kind of you know, you're working away at home and you don't always have people to kind of sense check this stuff mm -hmm. with. And of course, like we talk to friends and family, um, but it's kind of, you know, you're sort of often making these decisions on your own, hoping <laughs> that yeah. it's the like right or that it's the kind of path that makes the most logical sense to everybody else because nobody else is obviously in the, in, you know, we're in our own heads running our business and thinking about it all the time mm -hmm. whereas no other human being is thinking about someone else's business in the yeah. same intricacies yeah exactly um, and that's the point is that you're so close to it and dealing exactly. with such the nitty-gritty whereas actually somebody just comes and is like oh there's events and a shop like they they, cool. they can see yeah. that like it really isn't isn't that complicated you've definitely um overcomplicated that okay mm. yeah I think sometimes I can definitely get a little bit stuck in my own head with these things and mm. a tendency to overthink well, and especially because you've you've added something on that does yes. you it does kind of feel oh god it's now suddenly complicated and you've been dealing with like setting up a shop which is complicated and yeah <laughs> something that I was saying to somebody in the trail the other day actually which was she'd added something on as well and was worried about complicating the marketing messages it's like well yes you've gone from one thing to two. So it's more complicated, but it's not in itself inherently complicated. And it's kind of similar to you. You've gone from events. There's one thing you can do and it's yeah. events. And now there's two things people can do. But so it is more complicated, but it's not complicated in and of itself. Does that make sense? Yes, yes it does. No, it does make sense. <laughs> so how are you finding it with thinking about the ideal customer? Because do you feel that there are kind of distinct ideal customers for both sides or is it the same kind of person and how are you kind of finding managing that yeah so it's interesting because so just to kind of explain a little bit how I have been marketing with the tents because I work with a lot of venues I think so I work with the way that I've kind of promoted or, work, or sort of like 
promoted our services um, from a glamping events point of view over the past few years is that I often have um, kind of partnerships and relationships with events. So my kind of strategy has been very much to approach the venue owners who then obviously get kind of couples through the door and um, kind of recommend our services. So I I think the reason I'm sort of bringing this up now is that with the shop, it's been a completely different approach. And actually, it's been um, a big kind of wake up call in some ways, because I think the process that I've been doing over the last sort of three or four years has worked really well. Mm-hmm. And my customers in many ways are sort of making sure that I have really good relationships with the venues. And then, of course, when people, you know, when the couples, because in the last two or three years, I've sort of specialized more in weddings because I have a toddler now. So going to festivals for 10 days <laughs> is less um, attractive, let's put it. <laughs> Whereas sort of in my sort of late 20s, being at festivals was really, really fun. And now with a small person, it's different. Um, so, so yeah, so I kind of have t- moved slightly towards weddings. So that's why my strategy in terms of finding my customers has been kind of um, very different. So yeah. having started the shop, I kind of came at it thinking, okay, who are my existing customers? So thinking about who the couples are that sort of glamp with us and then trying to work out kind of, you know, if I'm if I'm brutally honest, I had a bit of a moment where I thought I need to get to, I need to understand who my customers are again. And actually are these people the same people who would be shopping in the shop? So I feel like, and then it's kind of dealing with marketing directly to the customer. Mm-hmm. which I haven't been doing for a long time. Does that make sense? Yeah, you've gone Um, from being a B2B to a B2C. Yes, thank you. You've (laughs) so much better than I have waffling around the houses. So yes, I, yeah, so so working directly with, with the consumer has kind of, I guess, been quite challenging because I haven't done it for Mm. a long time. So in terms of the customer, I think that that there are, I've been trying to, in fact, I've been working through one of your workbooks. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, um, from your recent, you know, launch with the, the, the kits that you've kit. got. So I've yeah. been trying to kind of identify who my customer is on both sides and kind of where the overlaps are. And I think, I think it does, a lot of it does come down to values. I think that, you know, demographic wise, I think the customer for the tents might have been me five years ago and the shop might be me now. (laughs) Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, I think that there's a shared values thing going on with both, with both customers, but yeah, I'm not, I think I still need to do work on this Mm. is where I'm guessing at. Yeah, no, I think it's, (laughs) It's interesting about you saying one is me five years ago, one is me now, because that's kind of two things. One is that we very often are our own ideal customer, which is why we're doing what we're doing, because we couldn't find the thing that we wanted. And also that we kind of have different customers, but they're often the same person at different stages in their journey. And that's certainly the case for my business as well, is that I feel very much like there is kind of one person who wants the life that they want to live and they have this set of values but they're just at different stages of their journey so I'm trying to provide kind of the staircase or the stepping stones to help them get from the beginning to a point where they feel like confident to go off and do it and be killing it right (laughs) but it's the same person but just at different stages and so I think that's something that people can kind of feel confused about is that they would think oh this I'm talking to two different people but you're not you're talking to the same person but they're just at different stages of their life so what that means is that talking to those values and those kind of big dreams means that you can kind of go across both and then occasionally in the detail you can talk to specific life stuff mm-hmm. and trust that the person if they say you're talking about the shop the person who's maybe five years behind isn't going to be completely turned off by that because they get that the values are all still there yes yes that's kind of I feel like I've had a bit of an aha moment with that in terms of you saying that that makes total sense because that's exactly it I think it's different life stages the same person at different life stages Mm -hmm. 
amazing. <laughs> and that means that you, it becomes, the focus becomes on creating lifetime customers rather than mm-hmm. short-term purchases. Because yeah. when you have that trail through your business where you can be a part of their life for five years and provide them with stuff for five years, you can go deeper and you, you can become more invested in the things like email list growth, but also kind of just getting to know people and talking to people because you yeah. know that it's not like you've got an Amazon shop and you just need somebody, you want to get the sale, but you don't care if they come back. It's absolutely yeah, creating that brand. Yeah. And I think that's so true because actually, as you say that again, I think about a lot of the customers who have who have supported the shop so far have been people that have you know glamped with us or people that have kind of come into contact with the business at some point over the last kind of four or five years so I think that's a really interesting approach and to know that actually a lot of and they've been so kind of supportive with the pivot of the business and kind of coming along on the journey and I think yeah sort of having having them having those customers you know with coming along with me that might be sort of joining me at the same life stages as well but also um that will be kind of coming in again when events happen again and we can kind of continue to offering offering our glamping services then it would be lovely to kind of see those kind of customers come come on board and see them sort of grow up as well because I have noticed that you know often we meet people at the point where they're just about to get married Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of five years later you sort of see them with their house and the kids and not not everyone because you know everyone takes different paths but it is quite interesting to see this kind of um, cycle just kind of keep repeating itself (laughs) yeah and then when you you identify that you can then start to get really interesting with your offerings and start to really kind of pull out, okay, well, what other stages of life is this person at that I can then start to provide part of this for? And even thinking about the events, like how can we get even more niche or even more irresistible with the kind of events we put up like your kind of garden glamping which obviously people loved because maybe that was the people who had the weddings and then they have it with their kids that gives you that kind of yeah yeah let's think about this journey that they're on and how can I be of service and of yes joy at every stage of their life absolutely I love that to kind of and I do see it like that in terms of being of service with uh, you know when we kind of create these events and and hopefully again through the the items that are and the objects that are in the shop that it is kind of you know wanting to do at the moment and kind of creating like a a gift service in the shop which is where we're repurposing all of the old um kind of linen from the glamping hire into cloth wraps so we can Mm wrap um lots of the kind of gifts really beautifully to center kind of people over this next couple of months period in in, you know the run-up to christmas where you know a lot of people aren't going to be able to see their friends and family in person and they can't sort of you know give that sort of thoughtful gift you know where they've done it all themselves i'm trying to kind of weave the two businesses Mm -hmm. not two business the one business (laughs) together but sort of try and kind of um yeah, I guess be of service the best I can to kind of facilitate these kind of moments. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's you know, what you just said there. That's maybe something that, I don't know, it just chimed in my head of you being in the business of moments, whether that's mm. a kind of in-person yeah. intent moment or <laughs> a moment that arrives on the doorstep. Just that yeah. feels like a really kind of, yeah that kind of gave me a little warm feeling <laughs> oh, no I love that because and and actually interestingly when I was thinking about the objects to 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 stock in the shop over the lockdown period a lot of the objects you know the reasons I picked them a lot of it was inspired by kind of everyday moments so it was sort of um going out to the park with my daughter and having a picnic and it was thinking about okay so we're going to pack this rug and we're going to have this um you know we're going to take this bag and we're going to bring our little wooden plates and it Mm. was a lot of it was about sort of in in the 
lockdown period where we kind of life was very simple in the sense that we could only do you know very small things in terms of go to our gardens or after you know when things did open up again going to the parks but it was kind of that sort of inspired a lot of the objects that I picked um, mm. and then again it was the sort of simple moments of everyday moments of kind of eating around you know being at home with your family or by yourself but just kind of elevating a moment of having a nice meal by I don't know having your hand dyed plant dyed napkin mm-hmm. and having you know a really nice candle because I think in those moments that's where we kind of we can elevate those moments and they can be so magical um but they are just kind of really simple everyday things that we all do yeah does that make sense so yeah, it doesn't it have does. to be elaborate it's just kind of I guess doing things with intention but also kind of just making the the most of these yeah. little little moments of joy yeah make it nice <laughs> yeah, make it nice exactly you know it's kind of it's kind of how how can we bring a little bit of joy into our day be that by I don't know lighting a candle reading a book snuggling up to the fire having a lovely lunch it doesn't have to be a particularly fancy just something that's kind of wholesome and nice <laughs> So one thing that I would I like to touch on and yes. kind of going back to the journaling thing as well is that now you've got the kind of the two strands as opposed to the one strand you've sort of I know the the glamping isn't exactly busy but you've kind of doubled no. up on the brain space so even though you're not doing loads and loads of work on the glamping side you've also just got a whole other side of the business to even just be taking up space in there so I was wanted to talk a little bit about how you're finding balancing the tasks for the both sides and both the marketing and the kind of logistical tasks and kind of yeah how you're finding that and what efficiencies there might be between the two (laughs) in truth I'm like in truth I think I'm not spending much time on the um, events at the moment because Mm -hmm who knows what's going to happen next summer so at the moment all of the events that we had booked in the diary for this year have been postponed to 2021 but you know at this stage I think there's so much uncertainty and I just don't know if they're going to happen or not Um, but equally we're not getting any inquiries because nobody's planning events nobody's Mm. thinking about planning even even weddings normally we might sort of well you know I would expect maybe some inquiries for like 2022 and onwards but actually because people do plan them quite far in advance but there's it's so quiet because I think Mm. everyone's sort of completely unsure of themselves and and what's going to happen so I'm actually spending pretty much well I'm spending most of my time looking at the the shop and I think that's probably where the priority is anyway at the moment because Mm -hmm. it's in its infancy I'm learning so much and I'm probably you know I I'm a new shopkeeper and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I guess there's there's a lot to pick up and a lot to kind of understand in terms of how I'm marketing myself because up until now I would probably you know I'd be on Instagram a little yeah I was on Instagram but just um, I guess I've recognized that if I'm sort of gonna I've, I guess I've come on a bit of a journey in terms of I have to show up and be consistent mm. because otherwise well, I'm this isn't gonna work and that's the point of a you, you had a b2b business before so yeah you yes. didn't need to be all over social media because you could just like email your customer and just have a meeting exactly. with them. whereas now yeah. it's you're not trying to um kind of convert one event manager at one venue you're trying to convert like 50 people so you need that kind of broader microphone if you like yeah totally yeah shop is the main focus at the moment I think until there's more clarity around events I am sticking to focusing all my energies on this and yeah it's kind of a new um project and I'm learning lots and I think I want to I also find actually creating the community um, on Instagram has been quite comforting as well maybe in the sense that over the last six months it has been quite nice to kind of be part of uh, you know a space which has people who are kind of rooting for each other and supporting Mm. for each other and I think um, 
and and be that actually with events as well because there's lots of kind of you know hashtags which are running to kind of help support people within the creative industries that have been affected um but also in terms of kind of connecting with new sort of new people who are interested in what we're doing and um yeah kind of i guess collaborating with people in terms of finding makers and um people that might you know be um interested in in sort of with yes supplying us and and Mm. us having and stocking in the shop so so yeah it's um that's the priority i think i'm just kind of i think i'm just trying to keep learning basically at the moment how does it feel to because it sounds like you're really throwing yourself into the shop and and that whole journey but how does it feel to kind of be thinking well I don't know if I'm gonna, what's going to happen to the event side of the business. Like, are you kind of just yeah. trying to distract yourself from that or kind of feeling accepting of any sadness that comes up around that? Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm accepting of it at the moment. And, you know, it's so, it's, I think it's just so uncertain. Events will be back at one, at some stage. Mm. I guess this is where I take some comfort in, in the sense that I know we we will be back maybe it won't be it might not be next year but it will be in the future mm-hmm. i just have to weather this storm in terms of kind of keeping things afloat really um and i guess when i started the, when i thought about the shop you know 2 years ago there was a lot more sort of lightness around it mm. in the sense that it was more about um an experiment and it still is and i still want to kind of have that I hope that I still bring that kind of attitude and approach to it. But I'm also conscious of the fact that I do want to, you know, try and grow this this side of the business too. And of course, it will always be hand in hand with the tents. But over the next year, this may be the only source of income that I have. Mm-hmm. So there is, I guess there is a little bit more pressure on it than maybe I had once hoped. Mm. But at the same time, I still want to kind of, I don't know, I still want to have that sort of like loose kind of, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> try this thing. Um, it's going to be great. Um, and I still want to have that attitude to it. But equally, it's been a, you know, in truth, it has been a really tough year financially. So, you know, I want to make sure that it's viable, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of understanding that there is a slightly, slightly more weight to it than Mm. what I had initially thought yeah that makes a lot of sense and it's I guess I ask because you seem very kind of buoyant about it and but yeah it's still a big deal in a lot of ways and I just wondered if that was a kind of very intentional I'm gonna I'm gonna just go for it and just be really <laughs> optimistic or whether uh, how, yeah how that do you know what I think that's partially my personality I do think that I have this like slight sort of you know kind of I do have a lot of enthusiasm and I think I'm sort of can be quite one tracked and I think if I sort of decide to put my energy and um, love and passion into something I just want to give it the very best that I can mm. and I think that this year has like very much just sort of you know it's been it's been so tough but at the same time it's kind of made me sort of um refocus and you know it's quite exciting working on something new I've loved like meeting new people and collaborating with stuff so I think yeah I'm sort of flexing new muscles I guess Mm. and there's definitely a little part of me that's kind of missed this side of it because I think you may have spoken about this before on on previous podcasts, but when you first set up a business, so I obviously set up the tents in 2015 and there's so much like energy and so much kind of like it's fun, right? (laughs) So, And then you kind of get kind of quite sort of like, okay, well, the business is just like running and it's quite sort of not stale, but it's normal. Bookings are coming in. (laughs) It's normal. And also I don't want to be ungrateful for that because gosh, I'm so bloody grateful for um, all the people that have supported us over the years. Uh, but I think in a, on a personal level, there's just less kind of like fun around yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of enjoyed the kind of the side of it of starting something new. But I've also I've had that like flutters of excitement. But I've also had those mega frustrations where you're sort of like, you know, when you know what you're doing in another 
you know with the tents I knew yeah. what I was doing yeah. and things was quite quite easy because I'd sort of like got my systems down and I had like a rhythm to everything whereas learning how to run this business or run this kind of side of the business I've had to yeah I've had to just sort of start again in some ways yeah. in terms of my approach and I mean this from like a marketing point of view that the ethos and stuff is all there and as we've spoken about but in terms of how I go about bringing this to life and like the day-to-day running of it is very different it's mm. a completely different pace to what I'm used to with the tents so I've definitely had to kind of change my kind of mindset a little bit in terms of how I approach what I'm doing mm. Yeah, you, yeah, I completely <laughs> I, I'm empathise with that kind of wanting to get the the fun and the excitement of the beginning yeah. back, but then also you you in doing that you get back the feeling of not knowing oh what you're God. doing. <laughs> you feel sort of like I've had a lot of moments of feeling extremely vulnerable, feeling sort of what am I doing, questioning everything, um, but at the same time kind of and also the as I said the frustrations of of you know it might just be something really simple like you don't know how to do something on Shopify and you're watching all these videos on YouTube trying to learn stuff and there's something that's great about it but also kind of really annoying in the moment Mm. so um so there's been lots of kind of moments like that but actually I guess maybe I enjoy the kind of the heart the like the graft of it maybe there's a part of Mm. my personality that kind of likes that but I do also have to put myself in check because I my whole kind of I I've always wanted a lifestyle business that fits around my family and my kind of um you know the sort of my life and I and I think sometimes I have a tendency when I start something new to get really sort of like kind of yeah really into it and I think I have to sometimes remind myself that actually life is you know it's all those other little moments and not to kind of um obsess too much about stuff and just to just to kind of very slowly and steadily every day do a little something towards what you're doing and yeah and then eventually it will all come together yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's my sort of attitude I think with Mm. it sounds good well that kind of brings me into the last question which is yes how do you grow with soul in your work and life okay big question (laughs) (laughs) so I think that it's by strengthening my own kind of intuition and through making kind of time and, and daily practices that mean that I can trust my own voice and path and not get distracted by others and what we should be doing yeah I think that's it that sounds good (laughs) so Lucy where can people come and find you and connect with you and find the shop and find a tent for their back garden (laughs) oh god I know so many things okay so I am mostly on Instagram at lulabell tents and then yeah I kind of I only really hang out on Instagram and then my website is lulabell tents .co.uk and you can go to the shop from there yeah and that's it perfect thank you so much cool thank you Kate <laughs> any links we mentioned in this episode will be on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Lucy on Instagram I'm at simpleandseason and she is at lulubelltents As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul.